Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Here's something I just noticed in the Daily Mail last week, and we never got around to talking about it, and I thought it was an interesting story. Let me just read it out for you. And it was a letter, basically, and it says, um, it was actually on their problem page. I'm at my wit's end and don't know how to deal with my husband since his stroke last year. While he denies his minor physical issues are due to the stroke, the real problem lies in his personality. Uh, The stroke caused damage to the part of the brain which governs executive skills and the ability to understand that certain behaviours are just unacceptable. It was very clear he was different after the stroke. I hope things would improve, but... At an awkward weekend at our son's, uh, my husband's, uh, domin- my husband dominated the conversation and overruled all attempts to change the subject. My son said it was like the filters are off. My husband has also made derogatory comments about me, uh, followed by nasty laughter. A couple uh, of uh, my husband's friends suggested therapy. You can imagine how that went down. He continuously is nasty about my cooking as never before. There were lots of memory lapses. Uh, bathroom a fan not turned off. Car left running on drive. Side door to ha- home left wide open on a regular basis. And a confidential chat with one of his friends revealed that his appalling, embarrassing behaviour has, provi- has been noticed by others. And I'm also subjected to continual barrage of racist, sexist, fascist outbursts. If I encounter the remarks, I'm accused of arguing. Um, If I say I'm simply expressing a different point of view that lights the blue touch paper. On one occasion, he told me I should be very afraid uh, of what he is capable of. This morning, I was subjected to a tirade of triviality. I asked why everything had to be so aggressive, why he could not speak pleasantly. I was told I was the aggressor, uh, that he had no communication problems with anybody else, which is completely untrue. He then stormed off, saying he had never, uh, he would never speak to me again. A half an hour later, you'd think nothing happened. I've spoken to my GP, who told me that even if my husband's own GP notices some of the personality changes, nothing can be done unless my husband agrees he needs help or accepts that his behaviour needs modifying. How can I continue to live like this? I don't know how to live with him, or, or I don't, sorry, I don't know how to leave him, even though I hate him and cannot stand being in his company. That comes in from Sarah. Now, it is a very difficult situation to live with somebody who, because of an illness, their personality has completely changed. I mean, it's a horrible situation for this woman to be in, sadly, and she's not alone. I'm sure there are many people in this situation. Um, I remember reading out an email going back a while ago about somebody who was living with somebody with depression, and they said their life had become a nightmare because the person didn't accept that they suffered from depression and they had changed drastically. Um, but what do you do or what are you supposed to do in that situation? Some people will say, well, you can't go, you know, for better, for worse and sickness and in health and all that kind of stuff. You've taken a vow. I mean, yes, they've had an illness. And as she points out, the doctor had told her that his executive skills have been compromised. Um, in other words, his personality has changed. On the other hand, you have to think of yourself and how much you can actually take. I mean, it is your life as well. I want to get your thoughts. Do you think this woman would be right to just leave her husband at this stage if he's not willing to accept that his personality has changed? Uh, be it through, look, we can talk about this particular situation, obviously, after having a stroke. 
Obviously, he has recovered from the, the physical issues of the stroke somewhat, uh, but unfortunately, the personality has changed. Or, or maybe you're in a situation, you're with somebody who's, say, suffering from depression and, you know, they don't want to admit it or they won't go and seek help or they're not willing to admit that they've changed. Um, what do you do? Do you stand by them or do you just go? Let me know what you think. What should this woman do? Should she stay or should she go? Uh, what would you do in that situation where somebody's personality had changed? Uh, you can text us or WhatsApp us at 87 188 Heather, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Heather? How are you doing, Niall? How's things? A very difficult situation, Heather, to be in where you loved somebody for who they were and then all of a sudden, because of physical illness you know, or trauma, they change. Well, they haven't changed in many ways. First of all, it's still the person that you fell in love with in the physical side of things. Yeah. Okay, the mental side of it has changed because their brain work has changed, if that makes any sense. Because Absolutely, of the yeah. Because of the stroke. So she just has to try and, say, be patient and give him things that will maybe rejog his memory to be the man he used to be, like do a sport that he used to do or read a book or something that might rejog the memories back to the husband that she used to fall in love with at the beginning. Yeah. But it's so, very, I mean, it's easy for us is, to say it, it that, is, you know what I mean? I know, it's very hard because you're constantly put down the whole time and then you start doubting yourself. But you, there is times you can just say, right, I need five minutes to myself, go out in the back garden and scream and who cares? Who hears you? You have a reason for it. And walk back in again and put a fresh look on it. But you just have to be patient. I mean, basically, the son described it well, I suppose, when he said the filters are off. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and she talks about his, you know, nasty comments about her cooking and his outbursts of racism that's and sexism and fascism. and That's pure frustration. That's like a child with autism. I have a daughter who has autism. And I see her frustration regularly because she can't verbalize saying what she wants to say because she's getting so frustrated. It's like a toddler yeah. when it wants something. So he's gone back to maybe the toddler stage in his head, even though he's not really in a toddler's age. So he's just frustrated and the person he lashes out at is the person he loves most. So, so do you so do you have a responsibility as yeah. you know a partner to yeah. stick to stick it out and support them? Yeah, totally. For because how long but how for how long, Heather, do you stick that indefinitely. out? Indefinitely. And so in other words, it's okay then if when you're saying indefinitely, if her life is miserable and you know, just because his personality's changed, I don't know if I could deal with that. Um I think I could. I think I could. Well, that's because I have my daughter with autism, so I see it regularly, so I presume I could. But, but you, yeah, but you're, it's different with your daughter because she's a child and she's vulnerable and... But she's 16. Yeah, but, she, but you're hoping it'll change. You're hoping it'll I, get better. No, it won't. It's getting worse as she's got older. So it gets worse. She gets worse. Like, like when she was younger, it was fine. You could bribe her with a bag of sweets. Ah, here, there you go, mm. calm down, da, da, da. Nowadays, it's the phone or the iPad or something else. You're, ru- like, you're ruining my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I got that this morning because her phone now this morning is on the blink. Her iPad won't charge and I'm getting the blame for it. Yeah. So, so I would say, yeah, just I would be patient and turn around and get stuff do things together maybe. Take them for a walk, if you can walk, please God. Take them for a walk, read a book, watch a telly together and discuss it. And, well, see, yeah, and, that, and that would be grand. If he accepted, or even if he was willing to accept that maybe he needs help, that his life had changed, that his her personality had changed. But it seems well, that he's not willing to accept that. Maybe he's too proud to. That he's ba- he's called her. He said, "I asked why everything had to be so aggressive. Why uh, he could not speak pleasantly. I was told I was the aggressor, and that he had no communication problems." 
No, he's just he's too proud and he's he's hurting because of what he's going through and he can't handle it. That's the problem. Well, you're a braver woman than me, Heather, because I, you know, and a, and a stronger woman than me, because I think I think with a child, obviously, you have to accept it's your child. When yeah. mind you, when they get to eighteen years of age, if they're being abusive towards you, they'll be shown the door. But and, oh, and oh. you know, and I understand that the child has special needs. But but I, it I think make it right. A child with special needs does not make it right that it can turn around and physically hit, i.e. the parent, the child, the carer or anything else like that. It's still wrong, but they still have to understand that there is consequences for your actions. Yeah. Well, like, you know what I mean? If a child turn around and stab somebody, they go, ah, don't do that. There's a bold boy here who take a knife off it. It'll do it again because it's not getting any consequences for it. You know what I mean? So you have to just be strong with them. Simple as. It's not easy, but you have to fight it. Okay, somebody wants to know. By the way, now you did read the article. I wonder what the uh, the dear Deirdre. I don't know. Was, I don't actually know it was dear Deirdre. No, but anyway, what the newspapers replied to this lady was. I think it was similar to Heather's response. Uh, essentially, you have to try and deal with it. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Dave? Sorry, folks. Uh, Dave, I mean, I mean, how can you deal with something like that if it's ongoing? Ah, but surely there's there's help there. I mean, I'd say no other time in history has there been as many services for people who, you know, have had... Absolutely. Or, yeah. Provided, or you're, willing, even, yeah, or provided even, you're willing to go to them. Yeah, but or even information about it. I mean, like, if she knows what the root cause of all this is, it oh, can give knows. her a better... Yeah, but that's it. But it gives her a better understanding on how to deal with it. I mean, like, if he's really <laughs> not willing, like, maybe put the shits up him and say, listen, I will leave. But, like, she can't just leave him high and dry. I mean, what was the point of getting married hey, then? Mart, if she turns around and gives him the threat that I'll walk out... He could turn and say, right, fine, I don't give a shit, off you go and off you go. Well, that's true, he could, but I mean, it would be worth maybe if she's really at the end of her tether, just, te- you know, dip your toe in the water and test it. I mean, if he's leaving the car running and leaving the fan on in the bathroom, it doesn't sound like he's capable of living on his own as it is. So well, the, fan the, bathroom, he's... Or the, car, the fan in the bathroom I would worry about, but the car, yeah, yeah would worry about. And, and he's leaving the side door of the house open, but she has been told by the doctor since the stroke, the stroke caused damage to a part of his brain which governs executive skills. Now, okay, I think we could all accept that because we accept that from a pair or from a partner who might have Alzheimer's, for example, in latter years. So you accept that, and that's all understandable, right? But Those Niall, lapses of concentration. Isn't there such a thing as the carer's help that she could actually get carers into the house? Yeah, but, yeah, but, that, yeah, but hold on. He doesn't accept there's anything wrong with him. And look, as I said, the lapses of concentration that cause the problems, the forgetfulness, that's fine. We could all deal with that. We can understand that. But what you can deal with, Dave, is the abuse. And, you know, and his barrage of racist, sexist, fascist outbursts, you know, nasty comments about her cooking. You know, although they're, they're, that, that's when it becomes personal. Yeah but, you, yeah, but you also have to look at this, like, empathetically as well. Like, this man is after going through a very traumatic event that's probably rewired his brain yes. into a way that he, he wouldn't have chosen from himself. I mean, it's not like... He's just after suddenly changing his personality volition and decided, you know, I'm just going to be a racist asshole. Like, he doesn't want this. I mean, there's probably a part of him deep down inside that's screaming because he's treating his missus like this. I mean, you can't just say, like, things are after getting tough. Right, I'm out of here. I mean, what's the point in getting married then? Do you know, I mean, like, if you really love somebody and you are going, like, you know, you're taking the plunge and saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Sorry, you're going to have to go through the bad times as well as the good times. I mean, wouldn't yeah. she like to think that if that roles were reversed, he'd stay with her? Yeah. But as you say, Dave, no doubt he's not, he has, something is wired wrong, and he's just frustrated, and he's screaming. He, he, wants, he doesn't want to treat her like that, but he just can't handle it. And can't no, and we all know, when you're going through something tough, the people who usually get it in the neck the most are the ones closest to you. 
Yeah. Do you know, it's kind of like that phrase, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, it must be hard for her. It must be, I mean, Jesus Christ, it must be absolutely heartbreaking for her. But at yeah. the end of the day, you said, you know, you've signed a contract. You said, I'm with you for better or worse. <laughs> mm. I mean, if, they, if, if I was in this position, I don't think I would leave. I, I couldn't leave because the guilt that you would feel if yeah, you left like, this person high and dry. I mean, someone you've made life with, someone you've had kids with, you know, someone you like, you know, wanted to die with, basically. And you couldn't just up sticks and go. I mean, I couldn't yeah, only imagine it, how tough it, it must be for this poor lady. But like, yeah, well, sorry, sorry, Heather, you're trying to say something there. Go ahead. I said she'd be a heartless bitch if she did walk out. As ah, said. would you all stop for God's sake? I mean, yeah, I mean, is nobody thinking of this woman? I understand what both of you are saying, but you know, when you're saying it, would she be a heartless bitch? But I mean, realistically, here's a woman who hasn't had a stroke, but she has to deal with somebody else who has. Now, let's be clear about it: he, the, the physical side of the stroke, thankfully, has cleared up. You know, he only has minor problems from that. But and and she's dealing with the forgetfulness. That's okay. She said she accepts the yeah, forgetfulness. But yeah, I mean, when she's she's dealing with verbal abuse on a daily basis. But it happens. It happens with people who get Alzheimer's. If you get Alzheimer's, yeah. like the doctors will tell you, listen, this this could turn violent. You know. So just so you know, in the end, and this person doesn't have like a chance. Like I mean, if we're gonna say like yo, she should just up sticks and go. Should we just say then when somebody gets to a certain point with Alzheimer's, we'll just throw them into a home because they're too hard to deal with. Well, that well, uh, invariably that does happen, by the way. Huh? Invariably, that does happen when somebody becomes too difficult to deal with. They do that end happens, up in care. Yeah, yes. but that happens when it gets to a point where medically you're not capable of looking after them. Not because you can't take the the the, the mental trauma of what's going on. Well, it, well like, no, it happens in Alzheimer's when people become a danger to themselves. When they, they get to a point where not only do they not know your name, but you know they don't know how to be left alone. I.e., you know, you leave them alone for five minutes, they turn on a cooker yeah, and set yeah, the house on fire. Respect, in that respect, you're you're taking the decision to say I physically like I don't have the capabilities of you know keeping an eye on you to the extent that you might burn the house down while we're asleep. That's fair enough, but that's not saying. Oh, you know, nannies after forgetting who we are, off to the home she goes. Well, well, stay there, all of you, for a second. I want to go to Neve as well. Neve, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Neve? Hi, Nal. How are you? Okay, I, I am just really surprised at both Dave and Heather. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the point they're trying to make till death does to part and all that kind of thing, and you have a responsibility to somebody. But could you deal with that? To be perfectly honest with you, my sympathies are completely with her. Um, I think that uh, her mental health could severely suffer as well and she will be no use to him if she ends up taking a breakdown. I mean, if she's going to the point where she's writing but this she can down always get help. and she's sending like, it out. Oh. Yeah, but he needs the help as well and and this thing of the doctor saying oh, well, it's going to get worse. It, it's almost like they're they're abandoning her slightly. I mean, she she is the one that is in full control of her faculties and he looks to her probably for everything. If she goes down, he's, he's screwed. So the fact of the matter is that, that he is insulting her. If, this, if he hadn't had the stroke, and this was like, you know, and I know it's not real, but there is a similar storyline running in Coronation Street at the moment, which is elder abuse. Now, I don't know what age this woman is. I don't know what age this man is. But if there was no medical side to it, everyone would be saying, get out, get out, get out. It's abuse. Now, she is being abused by a vulnerable man. And I get that he is vulnerable. But she is also incredibly vulnerable. I get the impression her children are older and she lives with him by herself. If he strikes out at her, he could kill her stone dead with one 
punch. Now, at the end of the day, that could happen. We don't know what way his mental health is going to go. She needs help. She needs it fast. And she needs to go and batter down doors until she gets it. And I don't know. But uh, yeah, but she, but she ha- but hang on, with the greatest respect, she's reached out for help. She's gone to his GP, and the GP said nothing can be done unless her husband agrees that he needs help. And he is not agreeing to that. He is saying there's nothing wrong with me. Of course he's saying there's nothing wrong with him because he doesn't realise there's anything wrong with him. The man has had a stroke. His mental health has been impacted. I can't believe that we live in a country where somebody who's not compass is left to make va- vital yeah, but you, yeah, but you can section. Back. It's very rare that you would section people. You know, that's what they call oh, it when you section under the Mental Health sectioned. Act. He shouldn't be sectioned. I'm not saying that for an easy, but she, her GP needs to step in a little bit more than uh, nothing we can do until he... You know, what's it going to take? I mean, she, on a daily... I don't know what it must feel like, On a thank God, on a daily basis, to be put down, slagged, called names by somebody that maybe a year ago treated me like a goddess. It must be the most awful thing that she's going through. And I would worry about her mental health. Her mental health, she's all he has. Okay, okay, well, well, sorry, Dave. I mean, I think I I have to say I completely agree with Neve. Yeah, no, look, look, I don't disagree that maybe having to walk may be an option. But I think that should be kept until all other avenues have been explored. Because, like... At the end of the day, because, like, there's no, like, she's, like, the ultimate victim in this. Yeah, like, yes, he has had the stroke. He, he is going through tough times. But she's the one who's dealing with the fallout. Look, I've seen it before with people, like, with family yeah, but members. Yeah, but here's dementia. the thing. From a really selfish point of view, you only have one life. And you've 80 years on this planet at max, probably most of us. Eh? Well, in and around, that's the average, isn't it? 80 years on this planet. Women live a little, a little bit longer, right? Out of spite. <laughs> Out of spite, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you have a duty to yourself to be happy. You do have a duty to yourself. But just yeah. the, thing I, the thing I don't get, though, is like, why, you know, why bother like, getting married or like, saying the no, 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 for better or worse? Ah, well, hang on, yeah. But you, for better or for worse, if somebody is physically sick, of course, you know, they end up in an accident in a wheelchair or whatever. It is. You have a duty to support that person. I'm not denying that. But if somebody has been, as you put it, an asshole, and because of medical illness, you're going to use that as an excuse, you have a duty to yourself to yeah. say, well, look, you need help. If you're not willing to accept the fact that you need help, well, then I'm out of here. Well, no, that's because you're enough, not going to abuse like, me yeah, for the rest like, of your life. It's, but it's not being used as an excuse like the way some people use, like a kid having the ADHD being an excuse it's the same, for being we... a little shit. But it's not, though. Like, the man's brain has, like, like a stroke really messes your brain Absolutely. Up, like. And we had an email similar to this going back a couple of months ago with a woman who was living with a guy who had depression. And she said she understood that he had depression and there's help out there for people with depression. He wasn't willing to go and get the help and he was treating her like dirt every day. No, and, that's fair enough. But I just think with, like, with this woman, especially if you've been married for so long, like, it must be killing her inside. Like my hair goes out to the poor woman. But like, maybe just maybe say it to him. Maybe just say, listen, get your shit together, or I'm gone. You know, hold his nuts to the fire and see what happens. And if she does leave, yeah, at least make sure he ends up like in, in a like a, a <clears throat> assisted living type of situation as well. Because if she did leave him and the house burned down with him inside from something he did, she doesn't want to be living with the guilt of that either. Like. Okay, sorry. What are you trying to say, Heather? Just very quick before we go into the break. Like if he turns, if she gives him the ultimatum, you never know what way it might go. It may go one way or the other, but there is help for both of them. 
Okay, well, stay, well, stay there. I have to take a break. Keep texting. Keep WhatsApping. Um, you've heard Neve uh, saying, uh, well, if it was her in that situation, she'd be gone. Uh, Heather and Dave say, well, you have an obligation, you know, as a partner to stay with that person. Now, remembering, of course, the physical aspects of a stroke don't seem to be a problem. Um, there's only minor physical issues to it. Uh, but his personality has completely changed. The doctor has explained that the brain, a part of the brain which governs the executive skills and the ability to understand certain behaviours uh, that are unacceptable seem to have disappeared completely. His filter off but he doesn't accept he has a problem and he's abusing his wife verbally on a daily basis and abusing everybody it seems because he's coming out with these barrages of racist and sexist and fascist comments on a daily basis. She's quite specific about that by the way. Apart from the aspect now, which he's willing to accept uh, that he has lapses of memory where he forgets to turn off the fan and leaves the car running outside the door, leaves the door open and all those kind of things. She's willing to accept that part of the behaviour but not the verbal abuse that she's getting on a daily basis. Let me know what you would do in that situation and it doesn't have to be if somebody had a stroke it could be somebody suffering from depression or somebody whose personality has just completely changed let me know what you think the number is 087-188-0008 Hi Niall I'd just like to say when you get married you take your vows for better for worse you don't take your vows to be abused thanks keep texting keep whatsapping the number is 087-188-0008 some of the text coming in Niall I dealt with a similar situation go back many years ago but I eventually left the person it was a woman um, she was suffering from depression her life was just complicated constantly every single day there was another issue and I couldn't deal with it to be honest with you I married her in sickness and in health but I didn't marry a person to be abused for my whole life uh, okay I, get, I can understand why people some people uh, wouldn't be able to deal with it and yeah you're right in some sense that you have your own life to look after too and somebody in that situation of course can bring you right down too as Neve rightly pointed out by the way just to mention an update on the news here the Ireland-France match has been postponed uh, the game was due uh, to be played in Paris on Saturday and the French government have confirmed that the game has now been postponed due to the coronavirus a little bit later on we will be talking about the St Paddy's Day Parade and whether you believe it should go ahead or not uh, Kay you're on Classic Kids how are you doing Kay? Hi how are you Neil how are you doing? Good Kay you had a stroke yourself I did. I had a stroke, yeah. I only had it, believe it or not, less than six months ago, seven months ago. Okay, for, just for people who don't know what happens when you had a stroke, I mean, did you have the physical physical aspects? Because not everybody has the physical aspects. Yeah, no, I lost everything. I lost, I got a, a bleed on the cerebellum, okay. uh, the lower part of the brain, and I lost everything. I lost the ability to do everything, walk, talk, um, feed myself, everything. I literally lost all the ability to do anything. Do you, do you remember the day it happened? I remember actually the day it happened. I remember the 15 minutes of my life changed dramatically. Um, and what was the first sign, just for those people out a there? A massive headache. Massive, massive headache. A headache that you never will never feel again. It's something totally unreal. I've never had it. Um, my eyesight, um, I lost my sight, um, everything. Uh, thank God for the people in the health centre that I made it to in time. They got me the help that I needed, but I ended up in CUH. And okay. I up there and I literally woke up literally two weeks later before I realised the reality of it. And was it atypical? Did you lose the power on one side of your body as they, they no, talk about No, I lost the ability to, uh, I lost um, the core balance. I had no core balance. I suffered severe, um, it was like seasickness, a hundred times worse than anybody ever like had. Ver- yeah, like really bad yeah. vertigo, yeah. Absolutely, anybody that suffered vertigo. I lost the ability to swallow, I lost the ability to eat. Oh my. Um, yeah. I lost all that, and and the speech was so severe, and um, it was slurred very badly. You would think I was an alcoholic, which I don't okay, even. Well, drink. You, well, you seem to have recovered. The speech part is recovered. Obviously, Absolutely. because you're talking to me, saying you sound yes, fine. I recovered. Yeah, it took months, like in fairness, but yeah, thank and God. And did you literally, literally have to learn to talk again? 
literally had to learn to speak again. I had to get uh, occupational therapy. I had to get speech therapy and physiotherapy. Yeah, I had to get all and that. How, and how are you now? Are you walking again? Yeah, or oh you... yeah, thank God. I got back everything after two and a half months, nearly three months. I was able to walk again and talk. The speech is still, there's times I still have to do certain things all right with it. Yeah. But um, it's like t- sometimes you're talking with a heavy tongue. It's funny. like. And so where would you put yourself? Are you back at, what, 80% to yourself oh, again? 80%. Absolutely, 80%. But that's great. That's wonderful yeah, yeah, that you're back to yeah, that and yeah. you and hopefully make a full recovery. Absolutely. And, and you know, more look to the future. Like, in fairness, yeah. that's the way I look at it. Okay, your, per- like, your personality. I mean, I mean, it's hard for you to tell what your personality is like. It's for others to tell what your personality is like. But from what other people are saying to you, I mean, is there any difficulties in your personality? Has that changed somewhat? Not as, uh, some parts have and some parts haven't, like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be as, you know, when people complain about things, I go, oh, go for God's sake, come on, get on with it. I wouldn't have the patience that I would have had previous okay. to it. Um, sometimes, yes, you're, you can be down and out. As for that poor gentleman and that lady, God bless them, they are going through a hard time on so many levels. My partner, in fairness, has stuck by me amazingly and, like, he was just a normal Joe Soap, to be fair to him, but he <laughs> pulled up his socks and he absolutely outshone in everything like in fairness I haven't given fair credit to him like they were given seven hours is what they were told is all I was going to live what initially happened and he with my family just pulled their socks up in fairness they were fantastic but it has been a tough road like in well, fairness well I'm glad you're still with us today Kay talking yeah, to exactly. us and, you know yeah. and I mean I know the comments that people are saying you know for better or for worse I think, look, I think everybody, see, the thing about yeah. the difference in mental health problems or mental health and physical health is we can see physical health, right? We yeah. can't see mental health. Now, yeah. this woman said it was a year ago and she said while he denies his minor physical issues are yeah. due to the stroke, so obviously he still has some minor physical issues but nothing major. Yeah. It's yeah. the personality. I mean, it's gone completely off the Richter scale because Absolutely. he's lost his ex- uh, how to govern his executive skills. Absolutely. I have seen that in while I was in the care myself and I was in the rehab unit myself. I have seen people who are pure gentlemen change to not so nice people and I'm and exactly the way they're explaining the fact of the vulgar the vulgarity of his his way of mannerism and all that yes, it, al- it almost seems like a Tourette syndrome sort of thing I, I, that's yeah. exactly what it kind of is it's the part of the brain that is affected is that part unfortunately in certain parts of it because they do tell you that while you're going through your rehab and while you're going through your 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 build up to getting back to normality they do say certain parts of the brain will be affected and probably if he was to go to a newer specialist or someone like that, they would probably tell him... That and that, that would be great because he would... Absolutely. Un- but, but the problem is, he doesn't, believe he, he doesn't believe he has a problem. At least somebody with Tourette's understands they have a problem. Absolutely. you know, and, and they obviously have to... The world around them has to accept that. Absolutely. But he doesn't accept that he has a problem and he is accusing her of being the aggressor. Yeah. You know? I, absolutely. I actually don't like the word... I can't use the word stroke. I find it very strong. I find that difficult to say. People say to me, what happened to you? I do say it's a bleed on the brain. I right, never okay. actually say the word, so I can understand from his point of view. It's very hard to. And why, why do you why do you not want to use the word stroke? Why do you find it difficult to I use? I don't them? know. I I'm still trying to figure that one out myself now personally, but I think that's just it. There is a part of you that just doesn't. Do you want think to there's speak. a stigma to that or something? I think so too, and I think okay. people look at you when you say it. Like, well, there was so much kind of stigmatization with the word stroke, and you know your abilities and your disabilities. Like in fairness, what you can and can't do anymore in life. And um, how old are you, Kay, if you don't mind me asking? I'm only 42. Gosh, that's very young, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. stroke, well, you normally think of stroke, you think of somebody 70 years of age. Or well, I, I tell you, I thought the very same because I worked with, I'm a carer by trade, by nature. I've been working with Alzheimer's patients for 20 years. I know exactly what's going on there. And while I was in CUH, you would not believe the amount of people from the age of 37 to 42, 43 
that was in with me was frightening. Yeah. Was frightening. And it is, look, I, and we think of Alzheimer's, it is difficult to deal with people when they've Alzheimer's sometimes yeah. and it's heartbreaking, particularly if Absolutely. it's your mom or your dad, Absolutely. it can be heartbreaking. Absolutely. But, and, but there, is, there does come a point where somebody needs professional care and, you know, although they don't accept that because they don't understand they have Alzheimer's because yeah, people, well, I think people get to a point where they forget they even have Alzheimer's, if you know absolutely. what I mean. But but in this kind of situation, he seems to have his full faculties. He's yeah. just turned into a very nasty person. But unfortunately, there's a difference between the Alzheimer's and the with a stroke. Stroke, if you get a brain injury, where Alzheimer's is a condition. Yeah, that deteriorates over time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So somebody with Alzheimer's is deteriorating over time. Where with this, it happened kind of like a bolt out of the blue for him. It was like electric shock to his brain and his brain has just reacted the wrong way. Now, whether he can ever get that back, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't know the whole ins and outs of his mechanism there. But I'd say if there was any way, there was some way that he could just, I don't know, yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at his behaviour, she she talks about the fact that constantly they had an awkward weekend. For example, her husband dominates all the conversations. You know, when you say something to him, it's like lighting blue touch paper, as she says. Or you know, and he's a, a continual barrage of racist comments. He says nasty things about her cooking. Yeah. Um. You know, and she understands the memory lapses about leaving yeah. the car turned on, the door open, and stuff like yeah. that. But she doesn't understand this behaviour and this. You know, that it's just everything becomes a tirade over something that's trivial. Absolutely. And the sad reality is there's not enough um, information out there on the different types of strokes that there can be and the different types of injuries that can happen with the person that the personality can change to. It is a huge, huge, vast thing out there. And there's so much people are trying to do with information on it and fairness. And I mean, fair play to all the professionals. They are trying their best. But, but that's so their job and their and their profession. They, they can deal with it. But what would yeah. you say to this girl who's married to this guy and doesn't see life changing and does and just sees her life now becoming a disaster? Honestly, I think the poor girl, in fairness, she, she'll have to just make her own decision on this. But I personally think she can't be in a physical situation or in a mental situation that she's going to suffer herself. It's not easy. Yeah. And it's not fair in him. People would say to her, oh, you were very unfair to me. You're not. If you're listening to something being barraged every day with negativity, negativity, oh, it takes it's you right very down. hard. Yeah. It's very hard for that person. And maybe she just needs time away from him. Yeah. You know, maybe she needs to rebuild herself too. It's only a year. It's very new. I know myself what it's like in fairness. It's very new. Some days you have great days. Some days you don't. You know what I mean? Like you have a lot of memory losses and things. Like you do suffer certain things. But people say something to you and say, really? Yeah. So, yeah, I know, I know. I just hope well, look, I, well, okay, I'm delighted to hear that you're you're 80% on the mend anyway. Yeah, you're, you're thank back God. There. Yeah. And what's by the way, what's the likelihood and pardon my ignorance, but what's the likelihood of it happening to you again? Are you are you at a no, high risk category or something like that or? I'm on a risk category, yeah, unfortunately. You know, this just the way it is, like in fairness, I was on uh, blood thinners at the time. I had uh, clots in the lung and unfortunately that's what caused my bleed. Okay. Was the thinning of the blood, so yeah, I'm on a risk. But look, you know what? I'm just looking forward to life. I just look forward now anymore. I suppose you have a different view of life now. You live every day as it's like it's your last. <laughs> you know Absolutely. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. I have I, to, I, the only thing is I can't go, you know, uh, jumping out planes or anything like that because that's a kind of a risk. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, look, the best of luck, Kay, and I, and I wish no you well problem. in the future. All right. All right, thanks. We have a long road ahead of them. All right. Thank you very much indeed, Kay. All right. I'm going to speak to Ashton after the break who has a borderline personality. Uh, disorder and her husband you know has been through hell so we'll, we'll talk to Ashling after the break I'm sorry Ashling I will come to you straight after the break because we're running out of time today uh, keep texting the numbers 087 Hi and I good afternoon um, yeah I had a similar situation except it was a brother who I was looking after and uh, he 
died uh, subsequently of a brain disease but yeah I've went through all of that so I can only sympathize with that lady and I know firsthand exactly what she's going through and the frustrations of it it's not nice at all so it's um it's a terrible situation to be in as it was for myself yeah, and I, I know that can be, it can happen a lot too with elderly people because I remember many years ago an aunt of mine went through the same situation, um, you know, when, uh, you know, the, a, a granny got old and she was kind of accusing her of all sorts. She was accusing of robbing from her and all sorts, robbing her pension and all sorts of things. And it was very difficult for her going through that, you know, and then eventually when my granny passed away, she kind of got her life back again. And I know that can be very difficult for people, but I suppose this is a slightly different scenario where you're married to somebody and they're quite young. Uh, Ashling, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ashling? Hi, how are you? Uh, Ashling, it's a difficult situation that you yourself have a very good understanding of because you have a borderline personality disorder mm-hmm, yeah. and, you, and you know how difficult that can be for your partner. Yeah, um, so I was diagnosed quite a few years ago and then I suffered a miscarriage which kind of spiralled all of my oh, emotions out of control. No, no, it's one of those things. Um, so obviously my regulation of the illness suddenly disintegrated. I didn't have any control anymore. I, I became an alcoholic. I, I had a problem with drugs. Um, and that of course... And how old were you? How old were you at that stage? I was 22. Okay. And... So... Yeah, you're, so are, were yeah. You, are you married or were you married? Or? Yeah, I was married at the time. I got married very young. Okay. Um, um, and yeah, it was very, very difficult for my husband because there is that stigma around better for worse. You know, it's it's one of those things. But I have to say, the reason why we have such a high suicide rate here in Ireland is because of this idea of almost being afraid to speak out against things like this. We need to be able to, to discuss mental health. We have to understand that from his point of view, he's probably frustrated at himself um, and angry at himself, and he's lashing out at his wife, but that's not okay. I've been there. I've been in his so situation. What, so what do you say with somebody who's living with an Ashling, so to speak? What, what, do you, what do you say? I mean, when, when you're, you know, having a bad day and by your own admission, maybe you're not, you're not treating their partner the way that, with the respect that they should be treated with. I mean, how, how do you tell people to deal with that situation? I mean, how do they deal with that situation? My husband dealt with it very, very well. All, all credit goes to him. I'm alive today because of my husband. Um... He stood by me, stood by me, and it wasn't until the day that he turned around to me and said, look, you have to make a choice. You either get help or you lose me. Um, and I didn't believe him at first. I didn't think he'd follow through with that, and he did. He, he distanced himself. He, he separated himself from me. Um, and I realized that my fear and frustration and my arrogance to myself, my own condition of I don't need anyone else's help. Were you were you Suddenly, were you mean and horrible to him? Yeah, I borderline personality disorder. We see things as black and white. Yeah. Um, we can be very very aggressive, but that's because we have heightened sense of emotion. So we feel rather than feeling anger, happiness, sadness individually, we tend to feel a mixture of them all at the same time, and it's quite overwhelming. It's like fire and ice. Um, touching every nerve in our body. Um, and and so do, do you want, I mean, when, when you're being horrible to him and, and when you're being unreasonable, do you know that you're being horrible and unreasonable? Yeah. And it tears you up inside. 
It really is. So I, I'm, I'm sorry, pardon my ignorance because I find it difficult to understand. So if you know you're being horrible and you're being unreasonable because of your disorder, why, and this might seem like a really simplistic question, but why can't you just stop it and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be behaving like this? Why? What makes you stop that? It takes training to stop that. So you go through a thing called um, DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. Okay. Um, because our our brain is wired completely different to most other people, and probably his is as well now because of the stroke, we don't see things as clearly. Um, they're quite, it's like looking through a fog, really. So we know that what we're doing is wrong, but we can't always find our way out of the fog. Um, and anger is an overriding emotion. It's a safe emotion. Anger and pain are two emotions that override pretty much everything else. And how did he deal with that when you were being, on your days when you were being horrible to him, did he just kind of cut you a break, so to speak, and just say, oh, well, look, that's Ashling and that's the way she behaves. And did he just accept it for a long period no, of time? No, 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 no. You, you really wouldn't know my husband if you did that. He would quite literally look me in the eye and tell me that I was wrong and then walk away, give me space. That space kind of gave me the air to breathe. Um, with with borderline personality, I don't know whether it's the same with the, the, the guy that's had a stroke, but the more you try and reason your way, the more it fogs the worse it our gets. thinking. Yeah. 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 So it, it's better to give the space and allow us to come around and realize ourselves and cool down ourselves. We have what are called tipping skills. Um, which you learn through cognitive behavioural therapy or dialectical behavioural therapy. So simplistically what you're saying to me is you agreed with what Dave said earlier on. There's a point where you get to where you have to say, listen, you need to change or I'm going. Yeah, because once she starts going down the side of being depressed because she's constantly under his thumb and constantly barraged with insults and aggressive behaviour, it's going to end up with her being depressed or suicidal and she's going to get to a point where she can't... She can't cope, yeah. Can't cope, and that isn't fair on her. She, but she feels some sort of obligation, you know, as a wife to stay with him, and that, that's the that's, problem. No, 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 no. For better or for worse, is okay. But what happens when she starts getting worse? Is he going to stick by her when she's when she's self harming, or when she's overdosing, or when she's in a bad state? I'm not saying she's at that stage now, yeah. but what happens when she, if she does get to that point, or she breaks, is he going to have the same loyalty to her? And but how are you now, Ashley? By the way, I'm sorry to rush in because but how are you now? No, I'm. I'm. Borderline isn't something you ever get over, but I can. I can manage it, and I'm. I'm a lot better. I'm a lot happier. I'm healthy. I'm. I cope with it really, really well. Um, and to the point where I'm actually a spokesperson. I speak out, uh, raising awareness for for this illness. Um, it has a high suicide rate or attempted suicide rate. So it's it's something that I try and make people aware of as much as possible. Okay, well, that, that's a good thing. And, and stay with me just for a second because I want to go to Maureen too just before I go to the news. Sorry, Maureen, you're on Classic Kids. Maureen, your father had a stroke and you were dealing, you're dealing with that at the moment, yeah? Yes, Niall. He is, well, he's actually still in the hospital and hopefully coming out today. But this is his mm, second major stroke and he's had two in between. Okay, and, right. that's unfortunate. Uh, and unfortunately, we lost... He lost his wife, our mother, six months ago to cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. And the only thing I will say to people now, I, I, like I've only heard bits of your show and stuff. Yeah. Unless you've dealt with a person with a stroke or dealing with a person with a stroke, don't comment because you honestly don't know what you're dealing with. And don't get me wrong, myself and my father, my God, we've had so many battles in the last six months, not alone in the last two years since he got the first stroke. 
I, now, I don't mean physical battles or anything, but, Verbal, you know, I've been yeah. told to get out of his house. I've been, you know, but, but it's not him, it's the stroke. Because even though my father was 86, two years ago when he got the first stroke, my father was still driving. He was still going off visiting. In fact, my mother would be looking for him. Thank God for mobile phones. But the first time he got the stroke, December 22nd, 2017, that was the last day he drove a car. And for a man who was very independent, all his independence was completely taken away from him. And now he's at the stage... Yeah, you see, and... and well, I tell, you, I tell you what, excuse me, Maureen, for cutting across you, and Ashling. I would love to speak to both of you a little bit more after the break. If you've got the news, and I'm gone way over time, but I'd love to continue the conversation because I find it really rude for me to cut you both of you short because you have a lot to say. So please stay with me if you can, and Helena will pick up the phone there and talk to you. So many people, by the way, texting in in very similar situations to both Maureen and Ashling, who are still with us um, in relation to people who've had maybe a head injury, people who've had a stroke, or somebody suffering from depression when their personality changes and how you deal with that. Stephen texted earlier on to say there's life at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it took 18 months. He was in a similar situation. Uh, but you can get help. It takes about 18 months for your brain to, I suppose, uh, acquire the knowledge to understand that you maybe have a problem and maybe go and do something about it. But Maureen, just getting back to you and your father, and um, you said he had he's on a second stroke now at this stage. Yeah. Well, and he's on his second kind of major stroke. He's had two minor ones in between in the last two years. Right. But... How, on, yeah, sorry. how has his person? I mean, his personality. How has it affected his personality? Um, how has it affected? He, you know, he would say stuff uh, to myself and my brothers and sisters that he wouldn't mean. Right. Um, only going back, uh, like he he got this major stroke on the sixth of February, which would have been Mum and Dad's sixtieth wedding anniversary. Okay. So basically, what the doctors have told me is that he's reliving all that happened six months ago with Mum passing away. That this is what has brought on the stroke. But, like, even going back four weeks ago before he had the stroke, and I would be with him down at the house, and no more than that last caller that you had there a while ago, you know, stealing the pension or, you know, taking this and taking that, even though now it just wouldn't be my father. And, it's you know, it is his personality now. because So he's going to become delusional, yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, unfortunately, what has happened is, is that now that this, this stroke that he has now got, when he was into hospital on the 6th of February, he could still walk and talk for a full week after being in the hospital. Um, hopefully he's coming home today. He can either walk or talk now. Yeah. Well, so I suppose, so- I suppose you know, you've got you and you've got brothers and sisters as well to help deal with the situation too. I have. And my own daughter, who's 29, has been, I, like I would have been, oh my God, I've been in the mental home without her. Because, you know, it's not just a person with the stroke, but then you're dealing with all this as well. Yeah, and, and 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 the one thing I would say to people out there: your mental health and your physical health are so important, and you've got to look after them. With your mental health, especially. Yeah, and I think mental health can be more difficult because you know, with physical yes. health, you can you know, if you have a limp, you can get a crutch. If your arm is sore, you can put yes. it in a sling, and they're very obvious. We can see those problems, and we deal with those. And people who totally are looking agree. at you can deal with those problems, but people don't yes. looking at you don't know you have a mental health problem. And Ashling, I suppose that would be something you'd be more familiar with because people who know you might not know exactly what you have, and they just think, oh, Ashling's being awkward today, or she's you know, or she's just being difficult, whereas they don't know yeah. that you actually have a disorder. Yeah, it's, um, I, I'm self-employed now, but when I was employed, it made it very, very difficult. Um, my my bosses were quite um, not very respectful. They didn't understand that there were times where I was dealing with my own demons in my head. Um, my friends are very, very supportive, I have to say. They are amazing. Um, my family as well. 
Um, but yeah, there is this this idea behind that if we can't see the the illness, it's not there, and we can turn a blind eye to it, which is is completely untrue. Completely. Mm. But we all, I mean, all of us in some stage of our lives do have personality disorders in some ways that when we go through a difficult time, be it bereavement or whatever it happens to be, we can change for a period of time temporarily and we all can become difficult, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, it's not just the borderline personality disorder, I also have depression as well, which is very strange to, to have the two together. Um so yeah, it, it, it can affect my brother-in-law is in the same boat. He has the same the same conditions as me. So yeah, it, it's very so difficult. Is, is it genetic? Is it genetic? Um, no, no. Okay. It, there's not much information known about it. They think it's caused through childhood trauma, but no. there isn't isn't an actual uh, diagnosed cause as as they. Did you did you have a? I mean, I don't want to go too much into your own personal life, but did you have a difficult childhood? Um, I had trauma. Okay. I, yeah, I was definitely, yeah, okay. I, I was a... Yeah. Because I, I know, I remember, no, it's okay, you don't have to go into your personal details, but I remember speaking to somebody many, many years ago whose parents abandoned them at a very young age and they had abandonment issues uh, for their whole life, which in, in turn caused, uh, you know, it caused a personality disorder that they had as well. Yeah. So those kind of that's, things can cause problems, you know? That's quite a common one. Um, another one is sexual assault or rape. Yeah. Um, uh, abandonment anything like that can, yeah. can cause this. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a difficult one. Now, my, going back to, to uh, what was said before, my father also had a strike a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, but he wasn't affected um, mentally. It was physical or okay. physical that he, he had problems with. Um, now, my, my dad is superhero. He is Superman, just without the Clark Kent glasses. He okay. really is. Okay, he's your, um, he's your Superman. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He yeah. really is. Uh, right, okay. Without any of the flaws. Um, but he's, yeah, when I saw it affect him, he became quite short-tempered. Yeah. But it was because he was frustrated in himself. This is the reason why I have the sympathy for the husband as well, is I know I've seen it. I've and did your someone... dad know? I mean, just to go back to that story that we started off the show with, did your dad know that his personality had changed. Did he understand and then reach out for help or was he oblivious to the fact that he had changed? No, it wasn't until about six months ago that he finally, we were out and he, he snapped at me and me and my dad got on like house on fire. We really do. Both my parents were very, very close and he got frustrated because he wasn't able to walk into the shop Okay. and he got really angry and he snapped at me and I kind of sat there and looked at him and did exactly the same way as my husband deals with me of just sitting there quietly and looking and he went I have no idea what caused that and I said it's okay you're you're okay you're allowed to feel this way and it wasn't he, he broke down then he completely broke down and and cried and and got it all out of his system and we went to see the doctor that day um right. but it was it wasn't him that was speaking it was the frustration, the man that's frustrated in his head, the one that used to climb ladders and uh, walk for miles and had no problem at all health-wise. And then all of a sudden he's, he's having to use a stick to walk. Yeah. yeah it, and I, I can imagine how frustrating that would be for somebody 
you know yeah. I, but in saying that as well this person also was diagnosed with um, losing the ability to use their executive skills so obviously it was a brain rewiring situation too and I don't understand it completely but I'm sure uh, people who study neurology would understand it better than I do but look it's been wonderful talking to both of you because I'm sure it's a good insight for. and there's lots of other people listening today who can associate both with yourself Maureen who maybe have a father or mother or somebody in their family who's had a stroke and can understand exactly what you're talking about and asking people who obviously suffer from maybe depression or other disorders as well maybe have a very good understanding of what you're talking about maybe have a better idea how to deal with it now as well listen thank you very much to both of you and uh, just somebody called in by the way and said as well if you want to get help um, that there is a brain injury uh, advice line called Headway Ireland and they can be of great help and there's a free phone number there which is 1-800-400-478 and it's called Headway and it's 1-800-400-478 Alright listen thank you very much to everybody who got involved in that conversation it was very interesting Real people Real opinions Real talk radio The multi award winning Niall Boylan show Classic